You want a life that gives you meaning? I want to share with you what may be the greatest chapter of any book I've ever read in my life. And I'm going to do it on this iPad. I usually read physical books, but The Greatest Minds and Ideas of All Time by Will Durant. I get asked a lot or I hear comments, Ty, why do you talk about, you know, billionaires or why are you so obsessed with Gandhi or Aristotle? Like, what does that have to do with us? We're regular people. And uh, I've never quite understood it, but, but I see it a lot. And I want to read to you today the best answer I've ever seen to a completely new perspective on life. And I'm telling you, what I'm about to share with you, um, I know it sounds uh, conceited to say, but listen to this video twice. Because most of it, I'm literally reading word for word from the person that I think is the wisest person to have lived in our time and possibly in all time in terms of understanding the big picture of the many ideals which in youth gave life a meeting. One, at least, has remained with me as bright and satisfying as ever before. The shameless worship of heroes. I'm going to talk about heroes today. Heroes have in uh, your study, I should say, of heroes has in it the potential to unlock everything you want. Everything. I'm not exaggerating. Everything that you want. So let me start by reading a poem in the foreword of this book. We cannot live long in the celestial realm of all genius without becoming a little finer than we were. And though we shall not find there the poignant delirium of youth, we shall know a lasting, gentle happiness, a profound delight which time cannot take from us until it takes all. That's a poem by John Little as the preface to this Durant. And I'm now going to go into what arguably is the greatest chapter of any book I've ever read. It's chapter one, Will Durant, The Greatest Minds and Ideas of All Time. He's going to answer much better than I can why you should be obsessed with the greatest people uh, to ever live. And remember, a lot of people are bothered by that saying. They say things to me like, Ty, what is the greatest? Or, ooh, why is that person better than... Well, I want to say, newsflash... The Declaration of Independence might say all people are created equal, but it doesn't go down like that. I'm not saying that's good, bad. I'm just saying maybe that's the ugly truth about life. And it doesn't have to be a hostile world. It doesn't have to be a harsh end game when that's the truth. And, and you'll see why. So Durant says a shameless worship of heroes. That's the name of this chapter. He goes on to start. Of the many ideals which in youth gave life a meaning and radiance missing from the chilly perspectives of middle age, one at least has remained with me as bright and satisfying as ever before, the shameless worship of heroes. In an age that would level everything and reverence nothing, I take my stand and light my candles like Mirandola before Plato's image at the shrines of great men. I say shameless, for I know how unfashionable it is to now acknowledge in life or history any genius loftier than ourselves. Our democratic dogma has leveled not only all voters, but all leaders. We delight to show that living geniuses are only mediocrities, and that dead ones are myths. 
if we may believe historian H.G. Wells, Caesar was a numbskull and Napoleon a fool. Since it is contrary to good manners to exalt ourselves, we achieve the same result by slyly indicating how inferior are the great men of the earth. I'm going to stop there because it gets better and better. Ask yourself, have you ever been, you know, the term a hater? It's a way we, you and I, subtly make ourselves feel better by slyly, quote-unquote, indicating how inferior are great people. I noticed that. You bring up Bill Gates, people, many people go straight to some little thing that he did. If you bring up, I was talking to someone about Donald Trump, they were saying, why do you look up Donald Trump? Not that Donald Trump is some idol or saint, but in what he did, he certainly has been great in real estate. So just just take a little audit. Let me let me keep going. For my part, I cling to this final religion and discovered in a content and stimulus more lasting than can come from the devotional ecstasies of youth. How natural it seemed to greet the great Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore by that title which so long has been given him by his countrymen, Gurudeva, reverend, revered master. For why should we stand reverent before waterfalls and mountain tops, or a summer moon on a quiet night, and not before the highest miracle of all, a man who is both great and good? So many of us are mere talents, clever children in the play of life, that when genius stands in our presence, we can only bow down before it as an act of God, a continuance of creation. Such men are the very lifeblood of history, to which politics and industry are but frame and bones. The real history of man is not in prices and wages, nor in elections and battles, nor in the even tenor of the common man. It is in the lasting contributions made by geniuses to the sum of human civilization and culture. The history of France is not, if one may say it with all courtesy, the history of the French people, the history of those nameless men and women who tilled the soil, cobbled the shoes, cut the cloth, and peddled the goods. For these things have been done everywhere and always. The history of France is the record of her exceptional men and women. Her inventors, scientists, statesmen, poets, artists, musicians, philosophers, and saints. And of the additions which they made to the technology and wisdom, the artistry and decency of their people and mankind. And so with every country, so with the world, its history is properly the history of its great men. What are the rest of us but willing brick and mortar in their hands that they may make a race a little finer than ourselves? Therefore, I see history not as a dreary scene of politics and carnage, but as the struggle of man through genius with the obdurate inertia of matter and the baffling mystery of mind. And the struggle to understand, uh, the struggle to understand, control, and remake himself in the world. I see man standing on the edge of knowledge and holding the light a little farther ahead. Men carving marble into forms ennobling men. Men molding people into better instruments of greatness. Men making a language of music and music out of language. Men dreaming of finer lives and living them. Here is a process of creation more vivid than in any myth, a godliness more real than in any creed. To contemplate such men, to insinuate ourselves through study into some modest discipleship to them, 
to watch them at their work and warm ourselves at the fire that consumes them. This is to recapture some of the thrill that youth gave us when we thought at the altar or in the confessional that we were touching or hearing God. In that dreamy youth, we believed that life was evil and that only death could usher us into paradise. We were wrong. Even now, while we live, we may enter it. Every great book, every work of revealing art, Every record of a devoted life is a call and an open sesame to the Elysian fields. Too soon we extinguish the flame of our hope and our reverence. Let us change the icons and light the candles again. Like I said, this may be the greatest chapter for you if you're at all interested in self-improvement. Let me just go back to this ending line. Too soon we extinguish the flame of our hope. What he was saying is that you can have the good life now. Too soon we extinguish that flame. You know, when you're a little kid, you have all the hope in the world. But life tears you down for the most part. It's done it to every single one of us through the various traumas that life throws at us. It makes us, quote unquote, haters towards people who have achieved and accomplished more than we have. Like I said, I always thought, you know, talking about books and talking about great people and having parties at my house where I'd invite people to meet the greatest people uh, that I knew that I could talk into coming to my house. I thought this would be the ultimate thing that I could offer the world. But yet, even then, people don't like it. Sometimes I hear rumors, oh, Ty, why is he always talking about these people and these books? And what does that matter? And the answer is truly this. You and I, he says, to insinuate ourselves through study in some modest discipleship to them. That's these books you see behind me. That's maybe this YouTube video, although I don't put myself uh, at the level of these great people by any means. This is what should consume you. This will, he says, recapture the thrill that youth gave you. This will give you back the dreams that you have. I want you to be someone. A man, a woman, standing on the edge of knowledge. That's what this is all about that I talk about. Are you right now, today, standing at the edge of knowledge? Are you holding the light a little further ahead? Are you carving marble into forms, ennobling other people? Are you molding people into better instruments of greatness? He says this is a process of creation more vivid than in any myth, a godliness more real than in any creed. So the takeaway for you today, there's two things, three things, sorry. I want you to become shameless. And I think, you know, I do some things right and some things wrong. I think those who know me would definitely say Ty Lopez is shameless in his uh, holding up these great people and his obsession with books and great thinkers and billionaires and humanitarians and artists and all those people from Aristotle to Picasso to Karl Marx, Pablo Casal to Bill Gates that I talk about. I want the same to be said for you. Go past me. Go further than me. Become shameless to the point that people around you may be, uh, may think you're a little weird. As Alan Nation, one of my mentors, <coughs> told me he said Ty 
You want to know if you'll be able to be an entrepreneur? You want to know if you'll be able to make a million dollars as an entrepreneur? How much do you care what your neighbor thinks about what you're doing? If you have a clear path and an obvious end game and it makes sense, but your neighbor doesn't see it that way, how much does that affect you? And if the answer is a lot, then he said you might want to get a day job. So shameless hero, uh, shameless worship of heroes. Find them. I want to admonish you or advise you or remind myself, I should say, make sure that they're the best of the best. Like I said, I'm not really a mentor in this sense. I have not achieved hero status in this world. But I can show you who has. These people behind me. Will Durant is certainly a hero. If you have not read his books, I just downloaded every audio book. I have all his physical books. I have all his books on my iPad. I have all his books on my phone. I listened to him uh, audio. He is a hero that's lived. And if you can warm your feet by the fire of his knowledge and his brain, your life will be that much better for it. So that's number one. How shameless are you? And increase how shameless you are. Remember, this is the, maybe the greatest part in this. It's hard for me to pick a great one. If you see, I start highlighting everything here. So it's like the whole page is going to be highlighted, which defeats the purpose of highlighting, right? But he asked the question, why should you stand reverent before waterfalls and mountaintops? If I took you to the Grand Canyon, I guarantee you, you would stand in awe of this. Nobody would make fun of you for going, wow, I went to the Grand Canyon and I can't stop talking about it. But he says, why not before the highest miracle of all? Great men and women. These are the lifeblood of history. So that's number one. Number two, I want you to avoid something. I want you to avoid calling Caesar a numbskull and Napoleon a fool. I want you to avoid in yourself... Instead of uh, boasting about yourself, you just accomplish the same goal by slyly indicating how inferior are the great men of earth. You know, someone once told me, they were talking about presidents or something. It was a guy I met. I, don't, I think it was an Amish guy or maybe just a conservative Christian person that I met. And uh, somebody spoke badly of the president, like really harsh. And he turned to him and said, have some respect, man. You can disagree, but I like that. You know? When that guy was like, I was talking to someone actually last night, and I was, they're, they're, don't have a lot of money right now. And I said, man, I was reading Donald Trump, made $9.7 billion or $9.2 billion in debt and worked his way out of it. And he said, well, I don't want to be like Donald Trump. And I want to say, dude, shut your mouth and have some respect. Doesn't mean you need to revere Donald Trump, obviously, as a deity, but have you ever fought back from $9.2 billion in debt? No? Well, then, why don't you shut your mouth and first start by saying, wow, that's a cool story. And then over time, if you delve deeply into Donald Trump's life and you find some hypocrisies, what's your point? I don't get the point. I don't think you and I believe, you might be religious or not religious, do you believe that men and women are deities somehow? What are you talking about? 
So I want to just, and it's a little harsh message I'm giving you right now, but it's okay. You'll toughen up and hopefully you'll take it. It's an admonishment myself. Know who's in the room. That's one of my 67 steps if you're in that program. You got to know who's in the room. And don't be the first person to point out that Gandhi, I don't know, was I, I read a book once about all the inconsistencies of Gandhi. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> that it's like you just wrote, if I really want to criticize somebody, you just devoted your life to a bunch of gobbledygook that does nothing, man. Remember, there's three different types of people in a biological system. It's just biology, not just humans. There's suckers, cheaters, and grudgers. Okay, grudgers are in between suckers and cheaters. Um, grudgers serve a purpose, so you may be a grudger. Your purpose as the cog in the machine may be to call people out and keep people honest, but do you want to be a grudger? you want to be remembered as a grudger? Like that was your place in the biological scheme of life. You were the person that were always seeking out the inconsistency. Don't be that person. That's a low-level life to be. That's like, you know, that's like cleaning out outhouses. You want to be that as your life legacy? You clean out outhouses? I get it. It needs to be done, but do you want to be the one doing it? Let other people do it. Maybe you need to do it at a time, and there is a time to call people out, but I'm saying, do not, do not slyly indicate how inferior are the great people of earth and i've been guilty of it and to the extent that i can root it out it's only the better for me so do the same thing so that's number two have some respect all right uh number three this is a little tough medicine one too understand that for you you have to find something that you're not common in you can't be common people will not be remembered now everybody is common in something right he says history is not the story of france right now i don't know how much you know about french history but actually a guy wrote me in my facebook my my fan page and he wrote i'm learning french what great book should i read by a great french thinker and i was like oh i'm not too up on my french history but i was like voltaire right so what do I remember of France from a couple centuries ago? I remember only the greatest thinkers of the time. Now, me and you may not have the natural capacity or personality to be the next Voltaire. But I'll tell you what. You got to find – I just did this in my inner circle. I did a talk for – I got a business inner circle. Some of you may be on that. And I was talking about Joffrey Moore's book, Crossing the Chasm. Take ground and become a great person even if it's in one teeny thing, what if, something small. Be a great person because you will not be remembered. You will not have impact if you are a jack of all trades in all things. There's very few Leonardo da Vinci's. In fact, the last one was, what, five centuries ago? So you and I probably aren't the next one. So use that not as a, a freak out and go, oh my God, I'm nothing. No, use it to know you can be something in one little thing. In the, that book, Crossing the Chasm, he calls it the D-Day strategy. The U.S., the Allied forces in World War II, they 
brought all their forces to southern England, and they focused on one attack to beat Nazi Germany, to, to, to defeat Hitler. So that's the next one that I want you to remember, okay? To be great, you have to be one little thing, most of us. One little thing, or it can be big. Maybe some of you listening have bigger goals. Lastly, this last 10 words or so. Let us change the icons and light the candles again. He's referring, obviously, in this case, to icons, Greek, Orthodox, Catholic icons, the things that you worship. So I always say my grandma's an interesting person, 96, born in 1918. She's interesting because when she was young, the icons were completely different. The quote-unquote idols of the time, okay? Who's the idols of our time? Well, I can tell you. The number one show on TV uh, was American Idol. Interesting word. <laughs> when I talk about the idols, American Idol. Which, to me, of all the TV shows, seems to be the, at least it's people with talent. The second is the Kardashians. Uh, those are the icons of our time. I have mixed feelings. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I don't like to be a hater. They obviously did something to get to the top. But I was at... I don't know, I was somewhere and there was TV on, and man, it was like a Big Brother show or something, and I was thinking, I just saw it. It was almost like every once in a while, and you probably have experienced this, you have like these enlightenment moments where your brain just goes like, Zip, and you're like so far ahead of the rest of the people in the room. I'm sure you've had that. I don't have that all the time, but I had one where I was like, these shows are creating automaton robotic people that are basically morons. So... Let's change those icons. When my grandma was young, she grew up hearing of Brahms, Schiller, Picasso was alive, Hemingway. Not sure he was quite alive, but by the time my grandma was uh, starting off in life, in late 20s, this is who she looked up to. My grandma's father, her grandfather, was the pay, was the donor or gave money to Brahms. Like my grandma's family would talk to my grandma about Brahms. And if you know music, the three Bs they call it, Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. So my grandma grew up with this different set of icons. You and I, we grew up whatever, whenever you were born. If you were born in the last 50 or 60 years in the world of mass media, telling you mass media was completely commercially driven by the way little side note did not realize this till i read the book fast food nation maybe you know why roads got it created in america versus mass transportation ford and the big car companies pressured the government through lobby and donations to build a huge highway across. Now, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I, I'm not saying. I'm just saying beware of perverse incentives. So we have become a car-driven society. Some good, some bad on that. Because of these underlying forces. Media, which is controlled. I don't care if you tell me you don't watch TV. BS. I can put it going in any room and start humming a few songs. And you'll recognize the tune. Unless you've literally lived at the Amish. So if you're Amish and you're watching this, maybe you're the exception. Probably not many of you. So I'm asking you, lastly, as I end this, you and I together, let's change our icons. I was even thinking about this. Man, it's like, Ty, who are your icons? Sometimes when I will read Will Duran, and by the way, those of you who know, 
If you're not reading Will Durant, uh, you are missing out on tremendous opportunities to live a good life in your own life. And uh, when I read Will Durant, he talks about people, and I'm fairly well-read guy, right? <laughs> Pretty well-read. That's my thing. I read. I don't know half the people he's talking about in history. I'm like, the icons are wrong, Ty. I definitely can tell you everybody who plays on the Los Angeles Lakers basketball. If you like soccer, I bet you can tell me who plays on the, well, this year was the German team. Uh, great. That's an awesome icon. What's that going to do for your life? What is it going to do for your life? Now, I'm all for sports and relaxing and fun and there's a value, but I'm saying on the teeter-totter of your life, everybody knows the German guy who scored, kicked the last goal here. But if I bring up Wittgenstein and I say, tell me about Wittgenstein, people are like, what is Wittgenstein? Is that a German coffee brand? I don't know. People don't know. So I'm going to ask you, change the icons continually. It's hard. It's not that easy. It's not like you've necessarily been doing this on purpose. It's definitely the media. Light the candles again in the last four words. What that means is bring back hope in your brain. Revive youthfulness. I've been talking a lot about this. You know, this concept of going back, the rejuvenation of the brain. Light the candles again. Go back to your youth. When you used to, because youth, uh, in your youth, you much more naturally do this. Little kids are never haters. It's amazing. Little kids are built to follow. They're like, ooh, I want to sit at the feet of this person. So, Light the candles again. Bring back that side of your personality. Be mentored by somebody. Mentor someone else. I will tell you, and then my last thought here, too many people out there because the internet are giving advice. And this may be uh, hypocritical for me to say because here I am. That was a piece of advice. And who am I? And what's my qualifications? Um, probably not as good as they should be. But if you are somebody and you're listening to this and you're 18 and you're, or you're 19, put your decade in of learning before you start talking. I did it. I pretty much longer than that. I probably went too long. Um, sometimes people are like, oh, if I Google you, how do I find everything about you? And some of what I do, I, I've been private about. But some of it has also been sitting at the feet of great people experimenting with life learning there's spring summer winter and fall i'm sorry fall and winter and everybody wants fall but you can't do it like jim Rohn says uh how does he put it uh the world doesn't respond to need, uh, need, it responds to seed. The way I take that is you can't be the farmer standing in your field of your life in September and going, okay, where's my corn? Where's my tomatoes? Where's my cows? Where's my apples? And I'm like, well, did you plant any seeds in spring? No, no, I, I don't do planting seeds. That's too slow. That's not my thing. Well, then your thing is being hungry, my friend. Put in the years, that's the spring. And even the winter that precedes the spring. When I was on the farm with Joel Salatin, man, he used to sit there 
And uh, all winter was reading, planning, writing, thinking. Sharp. He would literally sit there sharpening the chainsaw while we were talking in the basement while the snow fell. So maybe you're in a winter of your life. Okay. Then get down in the basement. Let it be dark all around you. Learn to embrace the darkness and see the end game from the darkness. It's okay for it to be dark as long as there's an end game. Now, if you're sitting there and there's no potential end game to come into the spring, summer, and fall, you are in trouble. You better switch rooms you're sitting in. But some of it is natural, cyclical uh, nature of your life. And then when you get in the spring, don't be trying to make money. Don't be trying to teach other people when you're in the spring. It's the spring. That's when you plant. And even in the summer, this is the cultivation. This is what they call the 10 dark years. Like I said, Bill Gates says everybody uh, forgets that from age 20 to age 30, 10 years straight, I never took a day off, not even one. Everybody wants the fall because the fall of, of Bill Gates' life was at 31 when he was a billionaire. But he started at 12. That was the spring. From 12 to, let's say, 19 or 20, that was the spring. He was planting seeds. He was at a high school where there was computers. He was experimenting and hacking, if you read his story. And then at 20, he went into the summer of his life. The summer is when you water, when you cultivate out the weeds. That's when he went 10 years in an office building, hardly leaving to even take a shower. Then he went into the fall. How many years did you put in the spring? And remember, if you're older and you're listening to this, I run into this often, you might be 60 years old, so you're like, Ty, I'm automatically in the fall. BS. Doesn't mean anything. That's like just saying a farmer every September automatically gets a crop. You do not ever automatically get a crop. And that is part of the reason why my experience helping people that are older, it's a pain in the butt. Because it's in, you feel entitled. There is no entitlement in the universe. You're entitled to one thing. You will move through time, and that's about it. People say the only things that, uh, whatever, that never fail are death and taxes. That's kind of a dumb way to think about it. Obviously, death, but better way is the only thing guaranteed to you is you will move through time. That's it. As far as we can, if you saw that movie Lucy, the Luc Besson movie with, uh, what's her name in it, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's it, uh, Morgan Freeman says the best line in the movie. He says, as far as he's playing this doctor, this scientist, he says, as far as I can tell, we're just cells and we're moving through time. That's it, man. You're moving through time. So it, the circle goes around and around. You may have missed the fall. Most of us have. Catch it on the next path, uh, pass, and hopefully you'll get another pass. There's no guarantee to the pass, but you can try to reset yourself. So. Anyway, pick up the book, The Greatest Minds and Ideas of All Time, Will Durant. I'm going to write about this on my site. Make sure you're on my book of the day. It's free newsletter. Uh, reaches 1.4 million people in 40 countries. You can join on tylopez.com. Here's my question to you that I'd like you to answer here and uh, put it put a comment here. Or you can tweet out to me. I, I respond to that pretty well. Um, what icons need to be changed in your life in terms of who you look up to? How much more shameless do you need to be in your interest and, and uh, adulation for genius and those men and women who have changed the world in the past and are changing the world now? All right, leave that as a comment, and uh, I will talk to you on the next uh, Book of the Day talk.
Thanks.